You're listening to Front Porch Theology, a podcast of New Heights Church. We laugh, we argue, we carry on. So welcome to our front porch. Have a seat and let's get into it. Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with my special friend and guest, Miss Olivia Mead. How are you, Miss Olivia? Hello, I'm good. Your special friend. My special friend. Uh, I'm not sure why I said that, but I mean, you are special. I like being a special friend. That's okay. Um, How have you been? Good. You've had a pretty big week, haven't you? Yeah, it's been... It's been a good week. Very, very busy week. Yeah. As we're recording this, it's the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so it's much more chill for me right now. So I feel like I can actually like catch my breath. Yeah, you know? catch your breath for a second. So it's been good. But So we, for those of you who don't know, who don't attend our church or who, um, you know, just missed um, on Sunday, um, we were, we have, it's been a busy season for our church also, um, just because we are in the process of moving um, out of the old church building where uh, the garage where we used to have services, I think for about three years we were in there maybe, give or take, um, maybe even four, I'm not even really sure, but um, so last uh this past Sunday, uh, the men were the last ones to follow up to to close out services in um, that building, and the women were here in our new church, um, in our new setup, in our new sanctuary, and um, it was just a beautiful service. I don't know how the men's went, and I can't speak to how theirs went. Um, mostly, I won't because my son threw me under the bus, but. <laughs> Um, but our women's service was amazing and, it was um, so good. it was just a beautiful thing. And, and you did a phenomenal job, um, teaching, dare I say preaching, um, cause that's what it was and that's okay. Cause you were preaching the word to women mm-hmm. and, um, I loved so much the way that it just, um, I know you originally weren't supposed to be on this specific, um, passage of scripture. Yeah. Um, actually it was a few weeks ago whenever, um, it was a different, um, chapter and different topic. Um, but it just so beautifully just fell into place. And I think that's a big part of God's plan. And um, I just thought it was such a wonderful thing. I saw so many different generations of women, like grandmothers with their grandkids holding yeah. their hand. And I even thought about beautiful. what a big moment that was for you. Um, you know, your mom was able to come and be with us and she um, had your girls and stuff. And and it was just a beautiful, ser- it was a beautiful service and a beautiful sermon and um just something that I always love, especially for women, uh, just love to try to instill in them, especially for women who don't have kids and who who think that legacy just exists within your biological mm-hmm. family, um, which is not true. And um, I, I just thought it was so fun because I got to hold one of our friend's kids yeah. at the end of the service. And what a beautiful thing it is just to love on um, your church family and a beautiful thing just to be able to pass that legacy on um, no matter what age, stage, place you are at and off, mm-hmm. um, we all have legacy that can be left behind. And it was just a beautiful service. So, yeah, it was great. Um, thank you for that. I know, yeah. I know you were just overwhelmed with so many women just loving on you and talking to you afterwards and stuff. But it was, it was a beautiful way to start a new chapter in our church. Yeah, and I agree. Um, so excited for the future and for what the legacy of our church will leave in the community and mm-hmm. and in the lives of so many. So. Um, we are, for those of you who haven't listened recently to the podcast, it's been a hot minute since we've had an episode <laughs> because uh, Liv and I are both moms and 
crap happens, y'all. Um, kids get sick, <laughs> can't, schedules get messed up, and uh, we are here, and we are thankful to be wrapping this up, um, and Baker is especially uh, happy to be wrapping this episode up. Um, I will tell you to our listeners, this will be our last episode for the year. Um Due to our church just really um, needing the time and the space to um, organize and get everything together to be fully in our new buildings, um, this will be our last episode for the year. So look for um, look for probably the second or third week of January for new episodes to be released. Um, definitely go back and check out old episodes. So be thinking of topics and things you guys want us to cover because I'm sure we'll hit the new year running um, like we always do with me and the guys. So, um, to, um, to anyone, to anyone still listening, (laughs) um, this is your disclaimer. Uh, this is a follow-up part two, um, episode. Um, this probably, that is, it's not probably, it is not appropriate necessarily for young ears. Um, this is definitely a grown-up, uh, episode. So, um, if you are listening with littles around, you definitely want to hit pause and come back to this at a later time. Um, this is our part two of, um, sex within marriage um the guys had their episode several weeks ago and they talked they covered a lot of really good um questions that had been asked and just different uh discussions about that so uh Liv we are going to kind of take today's uh discussion from a woman's perspective Mm -hmm. still very much using scripture and the gospel to uh back up those answers and um you know we're not going to get too personal into our own relationships I'm going to I am going to get personal later on and I have a confession so oh. um so but we will we will got to keep listening you got to keep listening confession. it's good stuff y'all um so we're going to start in uh, I do have my bible out and we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and I wanted to kind of bring this up um as a oh at least stuff's falling right out of my bible um I wanted to bring this up um and I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to re- or I'm going to read the I'm going to read the question then read the passage of scripture and then okay. we'll we'll answer it together um so People often use 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as a reference as to why women are obligated um, to have sex and please their husbands. Um, so this is something that probably not our generation of women, um, but but older generations of women have been taught um, a lot of materials that have been out there uh, mm-hmm. as references um, have have taken this chapter and kind of perverted it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that um, it has made women feel obligated to have sex and please their husbands, so that their fa- so that their husbands don't fall into temptation mm-hmm. um, and have an affair or cheat on them. So I'm going to read this passage of scripture, uh, just five verses, I believe, and then we're going to kind of talk about it and see okay. um, see where you think um, what this what this specific specific passage of scripture means, um, and if. If women should feel obligated to have sex with their husbands so they don't fall into temptation. So, uh, chapter 7, verse 1, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptations to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 
So the question is, um, one, does the scripture command women to, um, does it obligate women to have sex with their husbands so that they will not cheat on Mm -hmm. them? Um, So hearing the question in that way, I would say no. And here's the explanation. So I think... um, for one, let's do so. Let's an, we'll answer the question, but let's yeah, do you like have to a kind little, of break it up. It's a little bit of a yeah. It's kind of a yes and no. Yes. So let's do like a little Bible exposition here when it comes to this in First Corinthians. So in, we're in chapter seven when this comes. We know that Paul is writing to the Corinthians. He has a second letter that he writes to them um, that we read later. Second yeah. Corinthians. <laughs> um, so uh, the church at the the Corinthians so that he's writing to. Um, a little backstory with them, like we know, just culturally, sexual immorality was um, found among them, like quite rampant in yes. a lot of ways. Like it's addressed in First um, Corinthians and in Second Corinthians in different ways, and so. Like, when you get to chapter 7, this is not the first time that we're yeah. talking about, like, sexual encounters. Not new news, yeah. Um, so, it's it's not necessarily um, – it's, it's a theme, I guess you could say. It's not the entire theme of the book, but it, it runs throughout. So, um, the sexual sin was um, very much present for those uh, Corinthians. And so, as Paul's writing to them, it's top of mind. And so, as he's writing – like he's addressed sexual immorality. That's why the first verse mentions what he said before. But then later he starts to to kind of talk to those who are married. And part of the reason, at least I think, and a lot of theologians um, from what I read agree, that he's addressing it within marriage is because um, he didn't want it to come across that he meant that you shouldn't be having sex. So like there are bounds for sex, which just very clearly is within marriage. Um, But he didn't want his teaching to come off to say that, you know, men and women um, who are married should not be having sex because he kind of came down pretty harsh when it came to sexual immorality. So um, this kind of like lays some groundwork to what it looks like within a marriage. And so um, coming at it from that perspective to see that, um, the Apostle Paul was writing to say, and we know that it, like he was not married, so he's not writing, at least you know, not from where he's writing this as a Christian. Um, so he's not writing from the perspective of like, you know, this is what my life looks like. But he's saying, um, as a married couple, a husband and wife, that sex is found within a Christian marriage, yeah. and it, it is good and right and true and beautiful. Yeah. And we see that throughout other parts of scripture. And so when we take this verse, any verse, but particularly this, and turn it into something that it's not, um, and particularly using it for your own benefit or gain or to fit some sort of legalism that you may have either been taught or believe or peddling uh, wrongly, then that's not okay. And so should... Wives be having sex with their husbands? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Should husbands want to have sex with their wives? Yes. Yes. Should this be present and part of a healthy marriage? Yes. Yes. Any Um, age or state. Yes. Stage, yes. Yes. But, um, and, and, you know, Paul kind of makes like a case for when he says, you know, there's a time that you can kind of come apart from that and abstain from sex in prayer and like, you know, you're 
both talking about it and then you come back to it. So like, you know, it's yeah, not that this is just yeah. prolonged because you don't want to do it or right. um, you don't want to face some things or talk about something, whatever that may look like. So Paul makes a case to say that like, this isn't a command that you should be having sex X, Y, Z amount of times right. a week, um, that it should look like this or be like this. Like he, he kind of gives the directive, yeah. um, but then leaves it open for a lot of um you know, interpretation in terms of um, like situations, yeah. you know, so. Well, and I, I love that we, so reading through it and you doing, um, you you talking about, you know, the past with the Corinthians and everything. Um, I love because we know the gospel is not meant to shame anybody. Mm-hmm. And in the past, um, it has de- this passage of scripture has definitely been perverted and used to shame women mm-hmm. into having sexual relations with their husbands. Um, and, in, you know, the gospel is not meant to do that. This letter is not meant to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that Paul wrote it the way that he did, because just like you said, like he said that there, uh, there is time, there is going to be a time where you're not, you know, where you're apart and you're not having sex mm-hmm. and you're, but you're meant to come back together with it. Mm-hmm. I was recently, Will brought this up uh, several times because he, he and I had a discussion about it, and I'm going to bring it up real quick just mm-hmm. to read through it. Um, a book that I had been listening to and that I bought a copy of, um, it's called The Great Sex Rescue, and it's written by Sheila Ray Gregory. Um, and it's talking about um, how sex has just been perverted through the years. And, mm-hmm. you know, it has from leaders and Christian, from churches, Christian people, yeah, um, it, it's been it's been made into something that God did not design it to be, right? Um, and um, Will had talked uh, quite a bit about um, something that um, they refer to as um, orgasm gap, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, kind of. I'm, kind of, I'm going to kind of go uh, read this to you. That's from the book, and then go into the second question. But okay. um, so, so we talked. We just talked about how sometimes physical ailments will keep you from having sex mm-hmm. and stuff. So the the background behind this these uh, this uh, team of women, these three women who wrote the book, um, they want a good biblical. Um, they wanted a good biblical response to some of the things that they have uh, read. That were not uh, necessarily what the Bible and the God, you know, what God says, mm-hmm. what God intended it to be. So they they kind of debunk um, a lot of references, books, and stuff written by Christian men. Um, they kind of like go through and debunk some of the things that um, aren't. But they also give it a vocabulary of saying women are supposed to or men are supposed to, like mm-hmm. we are supposed to, like not putting the blame or the pressure on mm-hmm. one or the other in the relationship. So these women, um, they interviewed or not interviewed, sorry, they uh, had a, a survey. It's called the Bear Marriage Project. And um, they s- they had over 20,000 women who did who participated in the survey, uh, 20,738. Um, and within that, they uh, all these women, um, they identified as being married and as being Christians, mm-hmm. being believers. Um, and um, so within that research, they, they found that um, they were asking very intimate questions. So um, within that, they found that 95% of the men, their husbands were having orgasms every time out of the 20,000 women who were surveyed. Mm -hmm. And only 48% of the women were having orgasms almost every time. So that's Mm -hmm. not even every time that's Mm -hmm. almost every time. So um, that's kind of what that orgasm gap is talking about how, um, and Will and Jeremy did a phenomenal job on talking about, um, 
how men just mm-hmm. need, not just men, but men, uh, husbands and wives need to take the time to find out what the other spouse likes, what works for them in, in, in sex and in the bedroom. Um, so with that, um, you know, I, you and I grew up similarly, similarly, sorry. I know what you mean. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody I understand else does your too. language. So I will say that um, when I was growing up, sex was not necessarily something that was discussed like, hey, this is what God meant for this to be a beautiful, wonderful thing between a husband and wife. Mostly what I heard growing up was don't have sex before you're married or the ground will open up and you'll go straight to hell. Mm. Um, that's what I yeah. that's what I was raised to believe yeah. and that scared me a lot um, yeah. and kept me from having sex before I was married mostly. Yeah. Um, so I want so with that thought, like um, it was never taught that it's okay for a woman to learn her body. Um, so I want I want to know your thoughts on this. And I, there is no um, there's no scripture that talks about this. But um, you are a woman. You've been married for many years. Um, you have daughters that you'll have to someday talk to and teach this to. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay for a woman? To use sex toys to find out what um, what pleases her, um, and is it okay? The guys talked about masturbation. Is it okay to masturbate for women? Hmm. Coming out the gate with I question know, sorry. number two. No, it's fine. Um, so, I think leading out of of what you're talking about from the book, what was it called? The Great Sex the Great Rescue. Sex Rescue. Yeah. So from their research and t- over twenty thousand women, that's a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, so that's a, a huge sample size for a survey um, to see that like that that gap is a real thing and so I think um, and the guys did a great job talking like they really focused I think on um, the communication aspect truly between husband and wife and I think that that's highly important it's the most important piece probably yeah but I think for for women especially um, you know learning your body is important and I think that like and what I mean by that is so let's look at culture in general. So not just Christianity, but just like the cultural landscape. Um, we can kind of go two different direction, directions. So there's this like ultra, like purity type culture mm-hmm. to where it's like legalism rooted. Um, you're almost afraid of your body, afraid yeah. to show your body, afraid to talk about things that are happening with your body, whether it's just growing, um, like growing up through Changing. going through um, puberty, puberty yeah. like whatever, you know, that may be and what that looks like, like you never talk about it with parents or whatever. So there's this like really, um, you know, that side of the spe- spectrum. And then culturally, like we also have this um, promiscuous side yes. of the spectrum, especially with young women, um, not just young women, but with um, like when you hear the word that word promiscuous, I think that we unfortunately often think, think women. of women. Yeah. Um, men can be very promiscuous and yeah, wrongly it seems so. The ages, also, women have been labeled. And we yeah, just I think it was Nelly Furtado that. that even had a song about being promiscuous. Yeah, so thanks, Nelly. But um, <laughs> but we can we have these like two ends of the spectrum to yeah. where you know you're like you don't want to talk about it. You don't even want to even recognize that you are a sexual being like right. we're we're created um with this like yeah. w- w- you, just like it's sexual desire into, like it, yeah it's part, <laughs> it's part of, of, our of DNA, how yeah. we're created but the way in which we use that yes. is what's important because like we know as christians that in all that we do that we 
you know, hopefully are seeking to glorify the Lord, to live holy lives. Of course, we're imperfect at that. But how can we use our sexuality to, you know, live a holy life and particularly within marriage? And so um, I think that back to the question, especially about about sex toys and and like using different things um, like that, I think that... Of course, it becomes a conversation, communication, communication. with the spouse. Um, but within a Christian marriage, like, of course, I think that that's okay if the goal is um, like a mutual intimacy. So right. if we're using tools like this, For whether it's, it's communication yeah. or you're actually using something, yeah. Um, when you bring something like that in, like with the goal of mutual intimacy, I think right. is the key. Um, so it is, there's a lot of discernment, I think, that comes into these conversations and wisdom um, that like a married couple should seek. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that that's okay. Like we yeah. have at our disposal some some things that can can help or even Absolutely. be enjoyable Absolutely. and be fun. Like we act like sex is just this like close the door. Well, yeah. Um, we don't want to talk Boring about sort it. Of thing, yeah. Like it, it should be fun and yeah. enjoyable. It's and become when, more of a chore task, like something you check off to yeah. just get it done. Yeah. And that kind of goes back. Sometimes like, it has to be that, honestly, <laughs> but mostly it's supposed to be enjoyable and yeah, no, I a hundred percent. No, I love that. Um, so, <sighs> I think let me say I'm this. Like, I think that ahead. it's it's okay if if you are listening to this and think that it hasn't been like that for me. Yeah. Every time. Yes. Or like that's normal. Okay? Yes. Like like we should say that it's normal that it, it that you may not have Yeah. the best best sex of your life every time you have sex. Yeah. Like that's yeah. let's take that off the table. You yeah. know, like to let's be realistic. Yeah. Um but again, what is like what is the purpose of this like yeah. within marriage? Like why why do we long after this with one another? <laughs> Sorry. Like, um this is why my husband <laughs> didn't want me to do it cuz like you're asking this and I'm and I'm wanting to answer you like sex is to settle <laughs> me down so I'll quit being so hateful. Um sorry. So the guys talked about porn for men mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it too. So women um there are women who do watch porn, and that's mm-hmm. something that I think we have. I think a, that's a misconception it, that women don't watch porn. That, that women don't watch porn, but there's all there are also different versions of porn that mm-hmm. women um, that women it partake in. Partake in? Yeah, partake. Yeah, partake. Input? I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, so soft porn. Soft porn is described as uh, like TV shows mm-hmm. um, where sex is happening. Um, it seems like things that you and I grew up watching on TV, there's a lot more that it's acceptable on the TV now. Oh, for um, sure. I, I remember we were watching something a while back and they showed like a bear butt and I was like, what in the world is happening here? <laughs> it was like a TV show, you know, it was like USA or something like that. Um, so has soft porn and, dare I say, romance novels <laughs> changed or affected women's expectation of sex? 100%. One hundred percent. I think not just changed women's expectation of sex, but um, the expectation of love Ooh. and relationship. Yeah, because it goes hand in hand. It does. Yes. Um, so when we read these books and watch the shows and movies and things that you know portray love and relationship and sex in a particular light, a fictional light, then when we don't have that in our ordinary lives 
then we think that we're missing out on something. Yeah, and that's what causes us to lust and want. Yes, to long after something that's not actually real. Yeah. So I will. I will pause. Uh, I'm going to pause Liv for just a second. Um, I think I know her answer. I am. I've told our listeners before. I'm a hundred percent a smut reader. Like um, sometimes I'm more guilty of reading smut than other material that mm-hmm. I. Sh- and I'm not talking about my Bible or anything. We're leaving the Bible out. But um, if you look at my Goodreads, um, like it's half of it is more than half of it's probably smutty smut. So do you read romance novels? Have you ever? I have, yes, but I wouldn't say that I regularly do. Okay. Um, go ahead. Did you have another question? No, I, that's what I was, I was just okay. going to ask you if you read romance novels because I, I had a feeling you probably didn't. No, I don't. Um, not because, so, I don't know if this, this might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, I don't love romance novels because, or even smut novels necessarily. Um because I do think now I think that there and I think like you can talk to, like speak yeah. to maybe a healthy place of this like um but I think that it can often lead to really unhealthy behavior and oh, expectations. Yeah. yeah it- um so let's think of the books in particular. So when you're like continuously longing after a certain type of story yeah from a it from an unhealthy place yeah. or maybe you don't even know it's unhealthy it becomes unhealthy then we have to to pause and and ask the question why yeah so is it because it's just become like an addiction to it's almost like this mini dopamine hit of like yeah. oh this love or oh and i think that it happens in a lot of a, a lot of the genre is written in a very particular way yeah not to be good literature but to <laughs> give you a dopamine hit yeah. every few chapters yeah i, I of, think that's that can be true of any genre yeah, i think no, but for especially sure. for, for this sure. specific that we're talking about there there's like a very specific reason yeah um and hook yeah you know that like yeah. to get and so like yes Fictional stories, especially love stories, are good. Like I, you want I, a good love story, yeah. Like I like, love to watch. I mean, so like Hallmark. We all know the storyline. We're coming into Hallmark movie. I'm watching every one of them Christmas, yes. the corny Christmas romance novels. Like you know what's going to happen every time. And, you do, and yeah. it's not real, and it's we not, know it's it not real. Make, yeah, it, it does. It makes you feel good though, just to like oh, yeah. happy. Yes. No. So, so I, I will say, I, I read romance. I read the smutty smut. Um, some of y'all don't need to be looking. Uh, some of my, it, there are some books I don't put on my Goodreads. That's how smutty smut they are. I don't want y'all seeing the, the cover of it. I don't want y'all seeing the title of it. However, I will say it has never caused me to lust or mm-hmm. look for pleasure in something other than my sexual relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, and I think I think some people would argue that that's very, very risky, very blurry, because at some point it could, mm-hmm. or in the past it could have. Yeah. Um, but for me specifically, um, I don't feel condemned reading it. I don't feel like it's a sin for me to read it. Um, it's not causing me to sin by looking, looking lustfully for... Um, for at another man or to or and it, it doesn't cause me to have different expectations either like um in 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 my yeah. relationship with Jason in sexual or just my intimate you know the at home relationship with him mm-hmm. so i have very healthy um 
expectations of that. And I think a lot of times that can be really skewed, especially if if you just don't have a good, um, healthy marriage. And that doesn't have to be sexually either. It can just be like if, you know, if you and your spouse have issues communicating, just have, you know, talking and discussing certain things like it, it definitely can. And and I will say, like, my marriage has not always been in a healthy place. but I mean, it, thankfully, it is it, it is now and to where it it and thankfully it hasn't caused me issues to ha to it hasn't caused me to lust and to seek um, because it definitely can. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I think that shows a lot of wisdom and discernment and obviously health on your part. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, to know going into to that, like reading that for yeah. you, you're not obsessed. To the point of like you have to have this in order to be fulfilled, um, yeah. which is great, and I like fully believe that you would put it down if yeah. you if that there, were to... there there are times where I'm like, hey, I need to put this down yeah. and take a break from it for a while, and and sometimes Jason's like, hey, you gotta stop reading that smutty smut. Yeah. You're running Jason after me and everything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he doesn't say that. I don't think he'd ever say that. I'm. Uh, I need to stop with the jokes because he told me he warned me that I'd get too comfortable. But <laughs> but right so but you know what I mean. I yes. I have that discernment. I'm and I've. Put Put in a lot of work um, personally in counseling to to have discernment to, to learn that discernment within yeah to yes. be at this place. So I don't uh, I don't say this lightly because I know that there are some people who who aren't who, who don't have that. So I think in a lot of situations that's not the case. Hundred percent. So I, I agree that with you. You have to be very careful yeah. with what you consume. Yes. Um, if your consumption becomes you know part of your it, it's just this like drive you can't put right. it down whether it becomes it's about like an addiction it not, does it, it becomes it, an addiction i think that this just is like so, anything else yeah so common with women in the soft porn yeah. like you mentioned yeah. you know you may not be like on the explicit websites looking yeah. at really explicit well you know we, things, we've talked about shows and stuff like game of thrones like there's a lot of sexual scenes in that like that's yeah. a very well-known that's a show that jason and i have watched together that we love um, but there's a lot of other other mm-hmm. tv shows out there especially for women. Um, I mean, I, I won't go name dropping the shows because it's all the stuff I've watched too, but <laughs> I'm watching it too, girls. But you do have, you have to be very careful um, because it can, it, it, like you said, it becomes that dopamine hit. You have, you start to, to desire it, to, to mm-hmm. want it, to crave it. And then that's when it can become a very unhealthy place and yes. state to be in and, and thing to dabble in because it can, it definitely blurs lines. Yeah. And, I think it comes back to that of blurring a line of yeah. um, what's important to you and what's not. And so if it becomes, something that's like top of line yeah. in terms of importance um then we're pl- we're misplacing it for sure so i have one, actually only have one last question for you and i honestly okay. i don't think it's going to be one that it, that takes very long either um can i can i mention something about books one yeah yeah one, please one more thing um so i i love to read okay you know yeah, we um, <laughs> yeah we know yeah we know yes i know <laughs> sorry <laughs> i want to encourage um, if you are a romance novel reader mm-hmm. and love to read fictional romance, I think it's great and fine. Um, but I would encourage you to read some real life, like biographical romance too. So, yeah, that's good. like, who are some real life people that you maybe know or are famous or we don't know or even like like Christian or non Christian? Um, who you can read about their lives, imperfect lives, but had a really faithful, loving... So coming to mind, this is so me that I'm going to mention these people on a second. You're about, to, you're about to mention some presidents' wives. And oh my gosh, how did you know? Because I know. I could okay. probably guess right now, but I'm not going to. So 
Rosalind Carter just <laughs> passed exactly, away. Yeah. God rest her yeah. soul. Um, but she and Jimmy Carter had a beautiful, beautiful long-standing, yeah. loving marriage. Yeah. But they, so like they were as ordinary as you can be for like a president and a first lady. Yeah. Okay, so like let's look at people like that too. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. They passed away in hospice care, yeah. or she passed away. They're in hospice care together. Yeah. So it's just like. This beautiful picture of what it means to live that an ordinary can, love that story. Can like, can we relate both? to? Honestly. Yeah, can we have because both? This is real off. Right, it, it is. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be a president. It doesn't yeah. have, like I. Read, you got like five more presidents' wives on your mind right now. Tell well, us one I, more. <laughs> so I was thinking of John and Abigail Adams. Oh, I know. This goes I, back have pretty far. Story, they they have yeah. a good story too, um, but. Like in history, there's so many examples that we can find yeah, so of some really ordinary love stories. Because, like at the end of the day, the like the highest percentage of us that are living just an ordinary like life, yeah, you know, let's just let's glamorize and romance that up a little bit too. So that's yeah. my only plea in terms that's of good. literature, yeah. and try to read some like good. If you love fiction, read fiction that doesn't even have a love story. Yeah. You know, like yeah. read some read something that's like get a out, really phenomenal box, yeah. plot line. There are Christian romance novels too. I mean, some of them yeah. are a little bit cheesy. So too. And I've some never, of them, honestly, I will are, say I've never and probably some of never them will, are. Uh, well, listen, uh, <laughs> this was on uh, Jeremy and I discussed it when on the podcast that ended up getting cut because Jeremy was uh, a lasso and he's uh, uh, around or whatever. Um, I remember when Jason and I were engaged and we went to Tennessee with his church, a group from his church, and there was like this big um, bookstore, like, Mm -hmm. and we just loved to go in there. It was a Christian bookstore. And um, I had, I was like, I was really big into like Christian romance novels at the time. And I found this one and it was about, (laughs) it romanticized uh, relationships from the Bible. Okay, so it romanticized Adam and Eve. It romanticized Jacob and Rachel, and that's 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 Jacob, uh, not Jacob. Jeremy and I discussed it, and I was like, you know, after going through Genesis, like I don't I don't really like Jacob, like and that, and I and I think that for women, like. Like well, we long for a love story. We do not just, and I don't say we like just all women. Like I don't want to make that characterization. I I think growing up. The relationship of Jacob, the circumstances of Jacob and Rachel and Leah was always romanticized. Oh, to 100%. Wait, you know, Jacob, he, he loved her, he he loved loved her so Rachel much, he so waited much. for her. Just, that's Like, gross. it was romanticized. That's a gross take. But, and, and that's, I mean, that's what I grew but I up. But no, I heard that many right. times. I've and, heard that, like, recently from a pastor, not yeah, from a church, I, yeah, in the last, sure, like, six have, years. Yeah. Like, I've heard that. Even 100% taught sure recently, but when um, you when, yeah. when you get down to the nitty gritty of Genesis and really reading the story of Jacob and all the deceitful things it he did, good. like it ain't that it don't ain't make good. him look hot and you know that don't. If, if no. I were Rachel, I wouldn't be hot and bothered by that, you know. Um, <laughs> Rachel did some shady stuff too, but okay, red flags, red for flags. Jacob. Yep. Um, okay, here it is. Here's the last question, okay. and um, I'm going to take what you said about romance novels. I was going to ask you what advice would you give to somebody. I'm going to take that as your advice. That was going be my legit last question okay um so this is going to be our last question okay is it okay for a wife to withhold sex from her husband as a form of like punishment no i would say no um now if you're in a place where you feel like this is necessary or this is something that you're doing or want to do then you know the there's some issues there that it's not just related to sex so 
sex is not a tool to wield over another person. Um, Whether you feel like it's from a power perspective, like I have something that you want, so I'm going to keep it from you because I want to hurt you. Um, You know, that doesn't just go for sex. It can go for a lot of other things. Um, You know, I think we often hear, and rightly so, about like men – mistreating women in turn and especially sexually it's horrible when that happens especially within marriages um but again like sex is a mutual like coming together of of two people it's supposed to be a beautiful it's yes so you're tarnishing um this act that represents beauty and goodness and part of like God's design for husband and wife yeah. um, to glory. Like how can you glorify the Lord? It causes bitterness in, and grudges within your marriage. It really does. And so if, if you have something that you're like upset with your husband about and your initial like reaction is, well, I'm just going to withhold sex. Yeah. Um, just fight it out. Yeah, no, you kidding. can yell at each other. <laughs> get in the kitchen and get those spatulas and just sword fight it out. That's what you do. Spatula. I, I thought you were going to say cast iron. I, fight, I air fight Jason all the time. I love that. Uh, and it doesn't take long because I have asthma and I get winded. So, you, <laughs> But it helps me. You know. Um, no, I, I love what you said. That was a very, <laughs> uh, that was kind of a, a serious, a very serious answer because this is something that um, that we probably all mm-hmm. uh, know somebody who's done this. I mean, this it, it may not be something that it's this discussed, but because it can be a very serious thing, uh, because it it goes uh, back and forth between ab- it can mm-hmm. be abuse or um, addictions, like we talked about with with porn yeah. and other things like that. Um, so it's that was a very good answer. Um, I think that it's like like that's kind. Of, this doesn't apply to like being funny. You yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah, like we have sen- a sense of humor. Well, that's why I, you can like make jokes yeah. and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, do the dishes or else." Like, yeah. th- like that's I'm not I'm not yeah. saying that I'm not a prude, um, or saying that we can't be right. Well, facetious, that, but I'm um, but in you know if there's a yes or no answer, then the answer is no. That's not okay. Do you have any final thoughts before I give my confession? Oh gosh. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I might have thoughts after your confession. Okay. No, I, so, actually, I do have a book okay. I want to recommend. Yeah, please. Um, actually, hold that because we'll we'll we're we'll going to do, do that later. Yeah, okay. We'll do okay. that. Okay. Tell me your second. confession. So my confession has to do with this question. Okay, with this question, with the question I asked, with the oh. is it okay for wives to withhold sex from their okay. husbands? So many times in my marriage, you all know, <laughs> most of you know my husband, and Jason, every once I'm in so a while, sorry. this is the only personal story I'll tell. Okay, does every, he know? He does he know? You're going to tell this? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, every once in a while, he gets this wild hair up his butt to shave his beard off, and he thinks that he is the manliest man with that mustache. <laughs> and let me tell you, he has grown some of the most ridiculous-looking mustaches you've ever seen. And when he gets a compliment from, like, and it's all these old women, it's old women and men that compliment him, okay? No young, no young person, no young woman is like, man, he's so hot. So I'm going to confess to you, Okay. That every time Jason shaves, I say, if you leave that mustache on your face, I will not have sex with you until it's gone. I will not. I refuse. I could co-sign that. Here's the thing. 
I always make a liar of myself because I cannot keep myself from Jason. Everything he does is sexy. He has this undeniable animal magnetism. He's a jungle cat, and the man exudes sex, and I just can't keep myself from him. Who wrote that? Holly Flax. Holly Flax wrote that. Look at you knowing that it wasn't me. Um, A jungle cat? Jungle cat. Jungle cat. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling tingly right now talking about it. <laughs> Mostly because I have to be. Um, oh, my gosh. So that is my confession. I have used sex as a weapon against my husband, and I never... He threatens me with a good time with it, and I usually... Give in to the temptation of my you husband, know, and I guess it's a good thing. It's mutually beneficial to have a little bit of, you know, back and forth. It's like that country love song. I may hate myself in the morning, but I'm going to love you tonight. And that's what happens every time. <laughs> and um, it just is what it is. So, you know, life is just a country a country song at the end of the you day. You know, for me, it is. Uh, we listened yeah, to this. That. We listened to this big. I think I can't remember the man's name, and Jason will roll his eyes because he'll listen to this. But we listened to this big NPR one time about country music, the history of it, and how it's so sad, just so sad. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot to do with trauma. Um, mm, shocking. The history of it has a lot to do with trauma. And honey, I can relate to it. <laughs> Let me write you my own love songs. <laughs> Um, okay, give us your recommendation on some references for um, our yeah. ladies. I, I will give mine, and I will go ahead and say that it is that book um, by Sheila Ray Gregory, The Great Sex Rescue. And I do know that um, they have created gods that are for, for separate for men and women. I came to know about this lady um, actually from my counselor, my personal mm. counselor. Yeah. Um, she and I have a lot of similar beliefs, and we share a lot of resources and laugh about a lot of things together. And she was the one who d- introduced me to this. And Sheila actually um, recently wrote a book about, it's, it's called uh, She Deserves So Much Better. Mm. And it's talking about young girls. <laughs> And mm-hmm. mostly talking mm-hmm. about your yourself as a young girl, like mm-hmm. she deserved better. She deserved to know better, to to be taught better, and and you know different things like that. But she she has a lot of really great resources. Um, I think they're very much in line with the theology that we think and believe and preach. Um, so I would recommend anything from her. What are your recommendations for? Um, so one book um, is by okay. Let's see what's the name of it. I already forgot. So the original name was Christian Cosmo, and she just changed the name. And I think the name is now The Sex Talk You Never Had. Um, The author, her name is Felicia Masonheimer. She um, talks about that. Like, if you follow her on Instagram, she talks about this topic. It's not like her whole platform, but she will talk about it frequently. Um, So Felicia Masonheimer, it's um, the book is very comprehensive in terms of like the topics that she covers, Um, like the sex talk you never had. Imagine what a comprehensive sex talk would be from like a mentor or a mom or a dad. Um, And that's kind of the approach that she takes from a Christian worldview. I think it's a really great resource. Um, And she particularly is, she's writing to women. So um, there's kind of that like added caveat in there. And so um, I think that that's a great book in terms of like, questions about sex um even if you're like it's not just for for married uh women so like 
great resource. Um, another book that I love, and this is in terms of marriage, it's not just about sex, but it's called um, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim and Kathy Keller. And this is an older book. Um, I, like Matt and I have recommended this to uh, many like young couples who've been in our home and like yeah. are engaged and or newly married. Um, it's a really great book for just marriage in general, but there's a couple of chapters that are specifically about sex. And so mm-hmm. if you like want to know from a, like a more theological perspective, and this is, you know, Tim Keller and his wife, Kathy, like married for many, many years and um, taught on these things um, at length. And so I think that that's a really great marriage resource. Um, they cover a lot in the book, but there's a couple chapters towards the end that talk specifically about intimacy and sex and marriage. So I would recommend that one too. I'm glad you said that. So I would, I have a marriage book recommendation too that Jason and I have both read and worked through. Um, and it's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Um, and it's um, by John Gottman. Um, a lot of uh, marriage counselors will use this book, The mm-hmm. Gottman Method. Um, and it has a lot to do with communication. But the, there's also um, s- uh, space and place in there when it comes to um, your sexual relationship too. And this mm-hmm. is a book that we recommend to um to we've recommended to some of our close friends before they've gotten married and stuff and it's been it's been a really great resource um and we both both of us still have a copy we've read and worked through the book um but we both still have a copy on our bookshelves and that'll tell you how what it what a good book we think it is mm-hmm. um i'll i'll leave on this i'll i'll end this on this light note um the book i recommended earlier the great sex rescue um like Liv said, um, these materials are not just for women. They're for men as well. Um, I love The Great Sex Rescue because at the end of it, it um, gives like activities and like challenges that you can do together as a couple. Mm. And um, it reminded, one of the activities reminded me, um, she she re, she um, referenced like going to the eye doctor, like um, what feels better at one or two. Um, but it made <laughs> me think of the scene in Friends for those of our listeners who love fr- the show Friends. It reminded me of the the episode where uh, Monica and Rachel are trying to uh, walk Chandler through their erogenous zone. So um, <laughs> for those of you who've watched it, you'll get it and understand it. Um, it's But it sounds like it's a great book and a great um, actual uh, actual like interactive book to where you can use to do mm-hmm. things. So. Um, we've talked about a lot of good people we've passed on recently, so may they all rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And um, to our listeners, remember this is our last episode for the end of for the end of twenty twenty three season. What um, a great one to end on. What I mean, honestly, anytime you're on the podcast, it's a great <laughs> way to end a day. Um, but the day's not over, unfortunately, for us. But um, you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. By the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will be over. But enjoy your families. Slow down. Uh, reset your hearts and your minds this holiday season um, to get your minds and hearts fixed on Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sp- supporting us, especially our pastors. Um, I give them a hard time, and you all give them a hard time because of the things I say and do to them. So um, love on your pastors this holiday season. Pray for them, lift them up. And um, I will say thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, submit them on the New Heights Church app. And we'll catch you next time. Watch for deer. <laughs>